You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 82. This entire episode kicks off a mini series about orgasms. Of course, I reached out to my beautiful friend, Rosie Rees, who is a sex and relationship coach to discuss orgasms with me and with you. This particular episode is the first of two in the mini series, and we're going to be focusing in this episode about G-spot orgasms and squirting. Our coming up episode, which will be launched next week, is all about cervical orgasms. Now, in this episode and the next, we talk about the three different types of orgasms. We go into clitoral orgasms, we talk about the G-spot orgasms and squirting, and then cervical orgasms. If you haven't yet checked out earlier episodes where Rosie's been a guest, please do so. Episode 76, we delved into a beautiful topic about vibrators and pleasure ones. And Rosie was one of my first guests when the podcast launched last year. And that's episode 10 if you want to learn more about yoni eggs. So of course, naturally, I had to reach out to Rosie, who is the yoni queen. And we're talking all about G-Spot today. So in this episode, we talk about what is the G-Spot, where is it, and how can you locate it? We talk about where to start with self-pleasure and also how to create a self-pleasure practice for yourself around the G-Spot. And if you have a desire to squirt, if you've never squirted before, this is definitely an episode that you want to listen to. And if you have squirted before, but want to really enhance that particular practice, this is also an episode you want to wrap your ears around. We also uncover how you can awaken your G-spot, not to mention Rosie and I really open up about our own personal experiences and we believe by doing so, it's normalizing uncommon topics. We also explore porn's effect on the squirting psyche for women, how you can rename your G-spot because there's a better name to the G-spot altogether and how you can awaken your G-spot. You've never squirted before. You're going to want to really enjoy this episode. It's beautiful. Not to mention throughout this episode, Rosie refers to some tools that can help assist you in arousal and also squirting. If you want to learn more about those, head to the show notes of this episode at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. And you can also find a link in there for a discount code to save over at the Yoni Pleasure Palace. So head to the show notes to learn more. Before we jump into it, I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only, self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, video, audio, and guided home study. Led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers, together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and lots more. This is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's like no other in the world. Not to mention, it's cheaper than your daily coffee fix. Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. (laughs) 
Rosie, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Gemma. I always love having you on the show because we, <laughs> we literally talk about, pardon the pun, such juicy topics. <laughs> and um, today we're going to be talking all about squirting and G-spot orgasms. But for the ladies who are listening and the men who are tuning into this who have never heard of you before, can you give us a brief little intro into who is Rosie Reeds? Yes, so I'm the founder of Yoni Pleasure Palace, which is Australia's leading crystal and glass sex toy company. Uh, I am the founder of Women's Nude Yoga Workshops or Naked Awakening, and I'm a sex and relationship coach. That is a beautiful summary. (laughs) (laughs) Dot point form, perfect. And I just, I love, I love all, everything that I do, you know, this is, um, initially I was a coach and I was happy to be a coach for the rest of my life like I was so passionate about that and I I think as I as I grew and the more clients I had I felt like I needed a I wanted to offer a product to help women feel more sexually empowered and I wanted to offer I I guess like a group workshop environment so I've, I've just sort of over the years really added on layers to my offerings that you know, I personally love and that have worked for me personally. And, you know, I think it's really important to have an online presence as well as I love doing my in-person workshops and I love being able to offer physical products for women to have their own experience with. Learning online is fantastic, but there's something, especially for the female body and the female anatomy and the female energy, in-person interactions is such a needed thing. And I think, with the crazy, bizarre year that 2020 has been, where we've been really led to just be online, it's really given us a new appreciation of how important it is to have in-person connection and not even just with a workshop, but also with a partner, just be able to hold hands. Absolutely. And it was crazy. Yesterday I had a coaching session with a woman who's booked in a package with me and she said, Rosie, I came to one of your nude yoga workshops in Sydney three years ago. And I will never forget, you came straight up to me and you were naked (laughs) in this robe and it was all, you know, everything was out there. And I just gave her the most, she said, I gave her the most meaningful hug. And she said she's never had anyone embrace her like that with open arms and with such genuine energy, you know, genuine presence and energy. And she said that workshop changed her life and she just she knew one day and obviously this is three years later she's doing coaching with me so Mm. you never know the impact that you have on someone in person this is why i go to expos and do talks and i go to you know different exhibitions and have my stand there so i get to reach the mainstream because otherwise how am i going to reach the everyday woman if, if I don't go and find her, you know, in the marketplace. It's so inspiring. I'm exactly the same. I love in-person events and connecting and even like having seen you at, a, at an expo and helped you at an expo stand. It's just, especially when it comes to the matters of the yoni. Now, for women who are going to listen to this and have no idea what a yoni is, what is a yoni? Yoni is the Indian Sanskrit word for vagina or otherwise known as sacred temple, sacred space, sacred garden. Um, And I love to call it the yoni because it encompasses the vagina, the vulva, the cervix and the uterus. Okay. So it's like the whole reproductive area. I think when we refer to something as just the vagina and a lot of mums and a lot of kids and, you know, we tend to just think of that part of our body as the vagina, but actually the vagina is just the vaginal canal. And in Latin, it actually means sheath to a, for a sword. So it's kind of... <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? Like yeah. how did they, 
transfer that word into English and then think it's okay to like label. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm getting really, you know, I love making sure that we're starting to call it, call it a vulva and call it a vagina and because they're the correct terms, um, the vulva is the external part of, you know, that part of our body. Um, but also I just call it the yoni because it's pretty, it's easy, it's beautiful. It's a blossoming word. I love the word yoni. Even like working with young girls, I prefer to refer to, you know, our womenly parts as the yoni because it just sounds so much less stigma too it does and you know our little three-year-old the other day she fell and hurt her yoni and it was the first time because obviously i we talk about the yoni all the time at home but it was the first time we're like oh honey you okay and she said i hurt my yoni and we just were both oh. like oh that's so cute because it was the first time she just willingly said my the yoni referred to it as her yoni wow that's like i have chills that's so that's an empowering lesson right there. Oh, it was beautiful. And it goes to show that you don't have to necessarily teach kids, but they're always learning from you, you know, listening to what it is that you're saying and how you're referring to things, what you're saying and thinking about yourself. That's another whole topic, but let's switch up gears and talk about the reason why you're here with us today, orgasms and squirting and the G spot. So I know that a lot of women, want and crave a better sexual experience either with themselves through pleasure or with a partner and it can be very challenging and i feel that to grow in your sexual expression you need to learn more about sexual expression and sexuality so for women who are listening to this who are like oh my god i'm feeling even a little bit icky even just listening to the fact that you're going to talk about squirting what would you what would you share with them um, if they're listening to this wanting to grow into their own sexual expression before we open up into the topic? Oh, you know what? I talk about squirting and G-spot orgasms just like I talk about the weather. Like it's, I, I think it's just really so about... So do I. Like I went downstairs before and said to, I was like, mum, come look at this because I'm sponsoring a podcast um, in the US. And I was like, look. And, you know, the podcast was all about squirting and orgasms. And she was so proud of me. And so she's so normalised to it now as well. Like, um, you know, this is something that we could not talk about at the dinner table when I was much younger. But, you know, since it's been my, it's my career and I just talk about it, like it is a normal phenomenon. It's not taboo. It's not shameful. It's not disgusting. Um, it's not like ladies don't talk about that like i feel like we need to start talking about it more openly and honestly with friends with family with partners with anyone um because it, it it's such a natural part of being human uh, <laughs> it really is form yeah i like to think that you know when someone gets a bit queasy about like talking about sex and i definitely used to be like this 100 percent. i came from a relationship where there was like no sexual connection at all and i definitely was shunned in that like i guess part of our relationship and the vocabulary around it but we all exist because of sex so even if you don't talk about it your presence here in this beautiful world in this earth form this bodysuit is because you came from sex. Mm -hmm. Now I understand the technical world that we live in. Science is very good. Not everyone comes directly exactly from sex, but ultimately we exist because of sex. <coughs> so it just is, it's, I guess, a humbling thing to be like, Oh, actually we are. Then why, why aren't we talking about it? So let's talk about the G spot. What is the G spot? 
So it's less of a spot and more of a, an area or a zone, I like to call it. I think if people think it's a spot, that it's quite little or it's quite defined, whereas for every woman, it, it is actually quite different. Um, it, for me, it's, well, for, for every woman uh, or, or someone that's uh, assigned female at birth, it is inside the vagina and on the anterior wall. So it's on that front wall, that upper wall, right? And it's about, again, this, this ranges, but it's about a few centimeters to a few inches inside the vagina. So it's, it's right inside the vagina and it feels quite uh, rough or a little bit textured, kind of like the roof of your mouth. Mm. And again, like for me, it's about an inch long. For my partner, it's like two inches long. It's actually quite big and pr pronounced. Um, so I think it's different for every woman in terms of what it feels like and exactly where it's located. But basically, when you start to stimulate the clitoris, the vulva, the clitoral legs, you know, which extend inside the vagina and make up part of the G-spot, the erectile tissue. And when you're doing this come hither motion where you're inside and you're hooking up and pulling back, that's going to start to engorge the G-spot. So the G-spot, like regular, like if I was just to put my fingers inside me now, it wouldn't probably wouldn't feel very good. Um, or it would almost push up against my bladder. Okay. It'd make me feel like I need to wee a little bit because that's where it, the bladder is located on that anterior wall as well. And it would feel quite maybe small. So it actually grows as you get more aroused and engorged and turned on and juicy, it swells. So for some people like the G spot almost comes out to meet you literally and 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 um and that basically stimulates the skeins glands so dr alexander skein i think his name was in the 1800s um did a lot of research on the female genitalia which is freaking awesome um i'm not too happy that there's that you know parts of the female genitalia that are named after a man but that's a whole different topic. <laughs> Basically, he found that these, these glands that surround the urethra swell and, you know, fill up like pockets of fluid when a woman's really, really turned on. When the clitoris is being stimulated and when the G-spot's being stimulated, these skin's glands release fluid, which is known as squirt, ejaculate, um, or, you know, the nectar of the gods, which is, you know, essentially. I love the Sanskrit name for that. Yeah, and I'm kind of like barracking for the skeins glands to be renamed the Amrita glands or something like that. Isn't Amrita just such a beautiful word? And for people who don't know, like that, <laughs> that cervical, no, it's not really cervical fluid really, is it? It's like the juices that yeah. come, especially squirting juices, <clears throat> Amrita. Amrita. Like, Oh. And if you can kind of roll the tongue on that as well, but it is, it's, it comes out of the urethra. So the, it kind of looks like low fat milk. It's like this kind of really watered down milk. So it's a little bit creamy looking, but it's, or for some people it can be quite clear. Um, and there are particles of urine that are in there. So I think a lot of people think it might be wee, um, you know, and if it does smell a little bit like urine, um, that can be because you're not hydrated enough. So I guess the more hydrated you are and the more you drink water and eat healthy food, obviously this, and they say that it's actually very sweet. And I can test, I can Testify. definitely 
yeah, because it, it is very sweet. And, and the nectar of the gods is known as this sweet, beautiful elixir, this life-giving elixir. And it's, it's just beautiful, a beautiful experience. I'm just lost in the word Amrita. <laughs> I think it's wonderful to, to share about how the G-Sprot does, you know, gain extra blood flow and it does grow in size. Because I feel a lot of women, if we just look at, um, like, say, a heterosexual relationship or even just men, <laughs> women, so a penis and a vagina, if we just look at the two differences, you know, when a man's aroused or a penis is aroused, I should say, you can tell. Like, you can physically see or physically feel that that's happening. Whereas for a woman, sometimes I guess for the, you know, for the partner or the person who's, you know, in a sexual experience, it can be a little bit more challenging for them to tell. But for you personally, through self-exploration and self-pleasure, getting to know your body when you're not aroused and then when you are aroused will teach you so that you can then teach your partners too. Would you agree? Yes, I, I definitely agree that you need to start with yourself start with self-pleasure you we can't and you know i'm saying this because you know i i wish that i had have done this myself my first squirting experience was actually with a partner so and my first cervical experience was with a partner and it wasn't until i had that first experience was i able to then have it with myself so i'm kind of contradicting myself um but had i really had the tools and had listened to a podcast like this for example when i was 18 or whatever age you know i would have um been able i would have known how to do this for myself whereas i i think for me i always put my pleasure and my arousal into partner's hands. You know, you give me pleasure, you turn me on, you make me squirt, you make me orgasm. And that's great. And that's a beautiful experience that you can have with your partner. But I think we need to reframe outsourcing our pleasure to a partner to really reclaiming it for ourselves. And I feel like self-pleasure and notice that I'm not calling it masturbation, I'm calling it a self-pleasure practice, is a beautiful way of knowing yourself, knowing your body, knowing how your G-spot, your clitoris, your cervix works, um, and learning, you know, what turns you on. It's it's true. Like, no wonder no one could make me squirt until I was almost 26. And it was only, and I will say this, it was only after I had used the yoni egg consistently for a few months. So, it started with me going within. It started with me connecting to my yoni in a way that was empowering and, you know, um, healing. And after that, and I was had this beautiful, it wasn't even really a self-pleasure practice. It was a yoni egg practice. And then a few months later, my partner and I were having sex and it just started to happen. And I wasn't pushing it. I wasn't forcing it. It just started to happen. And I feel like there's a few reasons why. First of all, healing i had a lot of sexual trauma that i didn't even know i had really um from saying yes when i meant no in sexual experiences over the years lots of one night stands lots of sexual encounters with men who did not respect me who you know i didn't respect me so again that was just a, a mirror and when i started to use my yoni egg i felt like i was clearing and healing and letting go of those experiences from my body, like literally removing that toxicity and that residue, sexual residue from my womb space. So that was a big part. Secondly, I feel like using the yoni egg really helped me to um, resensitize. So bring back more sensation. A lot of women feel they're quite numb internally 
and quite desensitized. And I don't want to say that's normal, but it's unfortunately it's very common. And so when I started <coughs> using my yoni egg, that's when more blood flow started to come back to the area. That's when I started to feel more. That's when I started to cry more during sex. I started to really open. Um, so yeah, I feel like using the yoni egg was the stepping stone to having G-spot orgasms. I'll contest to that and agree and totally agree for myself because that's, I feel that's exactly what happened for me. Um, when it comes to the yoni egg too, not just connecting you more with your own, I guess, yoni awareness. I feel that using a yoni egg is actually even maybe more yoni aware when it comes to menstruation mm. and when it comes to ovulation, because I'm more aware now, as opposed to say 10 years ago, that by using a yoni egg, I'm connecting with myself. I'm aware of what my cervical fluid and discharge or mucus is and looks like, the texture of it, the feel of it when it, when it comes, what day of my cycle it comes on. But then I'm also aware of if I'm just wet because I'm aroused. And the yoni egg, I truly feel, and this is why I recommend if you're wanting to improve, and I know you say much similar, right? If you're wanting to improve your own bleed through your menstrual cycle for your, your inner winter menstrual time, using a yoni egg outside of your bleeding time will actually help you connect so that when it comes to your bleed time and you're not wearing a yoni egg, you can still have that downward energy releasing feeling. Um, and I guess it's like birthing your egg after you've finished wearing your egg. It's like birthing and letting go of your menstrual blood. Mm. Um, and I just, I just love that. And if you, I don't know if you've experienced when you've taken your yoni egg out. And I had a woman in my golden yoni membership club. I saw this. Say that she took her egg out and she said all this, she thought she'd wet herself. And I said. Weed, no, weed herself. Yeah. Yeah. That she thought she beat herself. And I said, um, actually, that's quite common. And what happens is when the egg comes out sometimes, not every time, but it kind of rubs up against the G spot and pops out and you squirt. And so this is. This is actually quite like a lot of women think that a G-spot orgasm and you know what, it, it is a often quite a euphoric experience and you can have multiple over and over again, like literally what are those experiences though? 10 or 20. Yeah. It's not like the clickgasm, which is a short, sharp peak climatic experience, which feels freaking phenomenal as well. Um, but it's more like you could just keep going and you can, it's for me, it's waves, right? Mm. Um, and the squirting, it either comes out or maybe it'll be a gush or like, you know, when you squeeze a lemon and that like little bursts of fluid come out, it's kind of like, that's like a squirt, right? And often you don't even feel like it's happening. And I think a lot of women think, oh, I squirted, but it wasn't like that is grounding. Big experience. Yeah, it's like, yeah, is that normal? Like I just, my partner said the bed was soaking, but I didn't even know I was squirting. And that's because it's, it's not like a clitoral orgasm. It's nothing like it. Um, when, I mean, obviously when you're stimulating the G spot, that feels like a very deep in internal feeling. And that's an internal orgasm. Mm. But when you squirt, it's kind of a, a response to the G spot being stimulated. And often I will say that it's the clitoris and the G spot simultaneously being stimulated and then you you squirt i i don't really see too many people or hear or you know experience too many people just having a squirting orgasm from clitoral stimulation 
if I have seen that and I have seen it once from a woman with a big giant like vibrator that would just honestly (laughs) (laughs) kill me she had it right on her clit and she was squirting everywhere I don't personally I think that's just a pornographic um you know faking it I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who have already taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being an amazing listener of this podcast, I want to offer you a 20% off voucher code. Use the code CYCLELOVE at checkout to save. Talking about women thinking, you know, a squirting experience is going to be this big, oh, like release. I, I sometimes feel that women when they think of them ejaculating and they think of the possibility of them ejaculating, they relate it to men ejaculating. Yeah. Because you know, they may have seen a male ejaculate. And so they're like, Oh, well, it has to be this big squirting oh, release. And then you're exhausted and you're tired and you just can't go on anymore. And it's just somewhat over. Um, but for women, our ejaculating experience is extremely different to the male's ejaculating mm-hmm. experience or squirting experience, you could say. But then also, I feel that for women, when it comes to the process of squirting, hang on, I lost my train of thought. I was going to talk about the whole porn thing is that how women squirt on porn versus how it happens naturally outside of a pornographic studio where there's perfect lighting, things have been doctored and tailored. Yeah, doctored and tailored. Mm. And you could say in inverted brackets, trained to do certain things and to perform in a certain way. Um, I'll just say that I was a professional, blah, blah, blah. I was a professional photographer before I kind of moved into creating Wellsome. And I ran a studio and I used to shoot food, food styling. And how do you make food look so attractive in images and the things that you would put on the food to photograph it, you would never eat. Like it would kill you. You know, like how do ice cubes on TV always look so juicy and just slick, whereas when you make them at home, they come out, they stick to your hand and they're like, it's different. And so porn and then like what happens inside, I guess, your home, I don't want to say the bedroom because it could be the bathroom or the lounge room or the office or the, you know, the front yard, whatever, backyard, wherever. It's very, very different. And so for women who have only ever seen squirting in porn, Rosie, what would you suggest to them? to do if they've never squirted themselves, but they would love to, to work towards having that experience? I would start with using your, so when you're self-pleasuring and a lot of women I know will just sort of put a vibrator on their clit and have a little clitgasm and that's a nice release and then either they fall asleep, you know, it's a, for some women they think it's like a good sleeping tablet basically. Um, for other women it's like that's something that they do first thing in the morning and then off, off they go. 
I would suggest creating a self-pleasure practice or a self-pleasure ritual where you're, you're not just touching the clit, you're not just going on the surface or putting a, a vibrator on top of the clit, you're actually using your bare hands and you're actually going inside of your body. And for so many people, this is quite confronting and a bit like, oh, that's too much. Um, but imagine if you were taught as a young child that that's normal and that's to be embraced and that's a beautiful experience rather than that's icky and just have somebody else do that for you. So see if you can, <clears throat> and I remember having a really beautiful experience in Bali and you know how Bali, I might've mentioned this in one of our podcasts or I don't know, I do lots of podcasts, but I was in this beautiful outdoor bathroom. It was like a big wet room and it was outdoors and it had trees everywhere. And I remember sitting back against the wall and I was like, I really feel like having a G-spot orgasm. So I had a shower, I had a bath, and then I sort of sat down on the tiles and it was really warm and beautiful and I was comfortable and I was naked and did a breast massage. And then I would, you know, gave my belly a massage and my womb and I sort of gradually just went down and gave my yoni a massage. And then I was massaging my clitoris. And when I say massaging, I literally mean like this beautiful stroking, um, gentle, not like this vigorous, like rubbing. It, you can actually... You're not waxing your car. <laughs> no. <laughs> and actually the, the slower you go and, you know, you can use your own saliva or you can, you can use coconut oil, whatever you've got, and just really like softly massage it and massage the whole labia, okay? The inner labia, the outer labia. And then when you're like, your body's like so ready to have your fingers inside, you, you just gradually insert them in and press up against the G spot. And you really want to fully relax. There's no way you can have a G spot orgasm or squirt if you're inhibited, if you're shut down, if you're not open, if you, if you're feeling stuck, like you need to have a level of like total relaxation, like, <clears throat> like totally letting yourself go you gotta let your shit go you, you you know you can't attach to the orgasm either like it comes when it comes you it's it has its a mind of its own and i think for me it's a bit of a mental thing too like i knew i had to be in a place where i'm not going to ruin the sheets or i'm not going to ruin my beautiful bedspread or the carpet it's nice to be in a space where you know you can squirt and it's not a big deal you just wash it off or whatever or get you know a waterproof blanket or whatever P.S. They're, they're coming to our shop very soon. Stay tuned. <laughs> palace. So, yeah. And I just started to massage my G-spot, massage my clitoris. And all of a sudden, I just started having these beautiful squirting orgasms. And it was like, and I was able to release sound. So you want to make sure you're in a space where you can be loud, that you, where you can be expressive. Because like I always say, it's your, your throat your voice, your mouth, this part of your body is so intimately linked with your pelvis, with your vagina. Your, think of your vagina as your throat. Even so, your pelvic floor. Yeah, all, all the intricate muscles in that space. When you start to release sound through your throat and it can be primal, you know, guttural sounds, your yoni, your vagina is going to start to open. So really letting yourself go and breathing so this is another thing we're so used to when, we, when we're having a clitgasm, which like I always say, they feel fucking amazing, but you often hold your breath and it's like a contraction and it's a squeezing and, a, and then release. 
Whereas with G-spot orgasms, it's kind of, you've, it's great to breathe fully and deeply and breathe into your belly. So your belly expands and you're relaxing your tummy. There's not really any clenching going on. You start to feel this buildup of energy. And then after the buildup, you almost feel like you need to weep. And to, to kind of backtrack a little bit, I would suggest going to the toilet before you do all this. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're drinking lots of water, but do a big wee before you self-pleasure because then you know, okay, my blood is not full. If I do, something does come out, it's not wee. Or even if it is a little bit of wee, who cares? And you don't have to be worried about, I'm going to pee everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and so let when you feel that build up when you're breathing deeply into your belly and you're letting go and when you feel like oh my god i think i'm gonna wee myself that's when you want to press up against the g-spot keep massaging the clitoris and then when you pull your fingers out of your yoni or you pull the sacred squirter out of your vagina that's when the floodgates open it's quite difficult for yourself to squirt if something's inside you so you'll often notice, even if you're having uh, penetrative sex, when the penis comes out, you gush, you squirt. Oh, totally. It's funny because I like to be really open because that's what we are here on this podcast <laughs> is that, you know, in my experience of squirting with penetrative sex is I quite often am so in the moment, I don't even realize that I'm going to squirt or I'm about to squirt and my yoni pushes mm -hmm. the penis out. Like I don't even have to think about it or lift myself off. Like my whole body just does it on its own. And that's because your body has this crazy innate wisdom. Exactly. Mm. And it's even like I was so with a previous partner of mine who I was with for many years, I was so in sync with him and he would kind of know after, you know, the, with maybe every five or six penetrative pumps, let's call it, he would pull out and then I would squirt and then we'd keep going and then he'd pull out. So he kind of was so in tune and this, you can do this with a same-sex relationship, which I mean now she mm. knows exactly. She can feel the buildup. And this is why it's so important to first of all, use your fingers because you have feedback. Okay. You have instant feedback from your fingers on what's going on inside the vagina. Now, some women might clitorally orgasm and G-spot orgasm at the same time. Other women would just clitgasm. And then like, I find I G-spot orgasm before I have a clickgasm. I cannot um, have a clickgasm and then squirt. Generally, for me, we're all different, right? So for me, it's G-spot first, squirting, and then I have a clickgasm after that. For some women, it's blended. They have both at the same time. And for other women, it's the other way around. Oh, I just had the song in my head, like the theme song from Aladdin. It's like, it's a whole new world. <laughs> Um, now for those who were like, Oh, what was that story that you were saying back about being in Bali and wanting to, you know, give yourself a G sport orgasm. You did share that story. And it's in episode 76 where we talk about Yoni love orgasm vibrators and pleasure ones. So go back and listen to episode 76 for that story and a little bit more in depth journey of it. Um, the question is, can every woman squirt? Yes. I believe every woman has a G-spot and I believe every woman can squirt. I also believe that if we are not taught where this spot is in our body, if we're not taught to touch it, if you're completely dissociated from that part of your body, obviously it will shrink, okay? Or it will not be 
you know, active, it won't be um, sensitized or activated. So I think that uh, it, it comes with squirting or G-spot orgasms come with time and with touch and with presence and with sounding out emotion and re re releasing trauma or stored emotions in that space. It's not just like, it's not like a clitgasm. You can rush the clit, you know, you can quickly rub out a clitgasm, right? You can't rush the vagina, the, the G spot, you just can't, it takes time. So I feel like women maybe who, this might be controversial, but women who feel like they can't, that they don't have a G spot or they can't squirt either. Haven't found the right spot yet. Haven't explored in depth enough with themselves. And I'm talking, spend two hours in bed with yourself, sister. Like, look, sit down, squat down in front of the mirror, open your legs, turn, allow yourself to turn yourself on. Or maybe they're quite desensitized because of trauma or because they've overused a vibrator for many years or they've, yeah, had sexual trauma and they don't want to go there. Um, so there's a, there's a negative association with that part of their body. Or maybe they haven't met somebody who's unlocked it. Like I said, I had that partner who, well, I unlocked it first with the yoni egg practice, but then I had a partner who was able, who I was able to be so uninhibited with. And you need to have a G-spot orgasm with a partner. You need to feel ultimate trust. Mm. You need your ultimate connection and vulnerability. You cannot squirt if you feel like, oh, I wonder what he thinks of my pubic hair or, oh my God, I'm feeling really fat today. Or like, no, you can't have any of that. Mind. If you have any of that mind chatter, they are the biggest cock blocks of all time. Like they will orgasm hijack. Blocks. Orgasm blocks. They will hijack your orgasm in an instant. If you're up in your head, True. you will be inorgasmic. <laughs> your head, you're not in your body. And the more vulnerable you become and open yourself up to being uncomfortable, most likely at the start and vulnerable, the more your yoni will open and kind of like blossom like a flower, right? Yeah. And so she needs time. She needs love. She needs presence from you initially. And if you are with a partner who isn't, you know, wanting to dig and really find these spots, then, you know. And invest the, t and invest the time and the presence because I feel, sorry to cut you off. No. I feel that for a partner, if you're looking to achieve this with a partner, let's just say you're married or you're in a long-term relationship and you are like, oh, I wish my partner could help me do this, is that they need to be just as present as you are. And so if they're holding on to things, then they need to work on letting go. You need to work on letting go. And yeah. Exactly. And that's the key is surrender. You need yeah. to feel surrendered with yourself. That is, you need to feel comfortable with yourself. So if you're self-pleasuring and you're wanting to squirt with yourself, can you really let yourself go and surrender? Um, that, that's the key, you know. Can you get so up close and personal and intimate with yourself and not need porn, and not need a vibrator, not even need the sacred bloody squirter, which, you know, I, I swear by. <laughs> um, just be so intimate with yourself and get really comfortable. Can you get really comfortable with that um, with yourself? And can, if you're with a partner, can you fully surrender to your partner? Um, because if you can't, that it will block you. I love those little simple steps, even though you didn't dot point them, but they're simple steps that you can take to like awakening your G spot connection. Absolutely.
Now, for women who have already been on this journey and they're looking for a deeper awakening, they're looking to explore more, say they have G-spot orgasms, but they're ready to have a squirting experience um, and they've been using their own personal, I guess, tools like fingers, um, what tools would you recommend, pleasure wands would you recommend because you are the queen of Yoni Pleasure Palace. So out of everything that you offer, Mm. in the store what are some little go-to introductory i guess products that they could use to help awaken that part of themselves definitely so i guess just before i go into the toys i think it's really important to reframe because often as little kids we're taught to not wet the bed and we get often shamed and shunned if we wee the bed that's such a good point i never even thought about that yeah so there's this mind yoni link right there's this brain neural pathway that says it's bad to wet the bed it's bad to wet the sheets right so the first thing so if you are having g-spot orgasms awesome and uh, i'm so most of the time a g-spot orgasm is coupled with some form of squirt or gush or you know releasing a liquid of, of some kind um but if you're really wanting to kind of really let yourself go and squirt the first thing I would do is, like I said, either be in the bathroom or outside or somewhere where, or the bed, but make sure you have, like, we have lots of Kmart um, sheets that are waterproof, right? And then we put them down and then we don't feel like, okay, if I do wet the bed, it's okay. And it's like, really let yourself, like, when you go to hold in, when you think you're going to wee, that's when I want you to let go but also set yourself up in a way where your mind feels at ease. If you do wee or wet the bed or squirt or release a lot of liquid, you're not going to feel like, oh shit, I've ruined my mattress kind of thing or ruined the carpet. So that's a big thing in reframing your connection to that. Um, the that whole psyche is really, really great. And even just on that, if you're wanting to skirt with a partner, I'm not the sex coach here, Rosie, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I would suggest having that conversation with your partner. How do they feel about you wetting the bed. What are their, like, I think you'll find, especially from what I know about men and I've never been with a woman, but with, with women, I'm sure they're going to fucking love it. But I think it's in your mind, maybe what you think, what, what they might think of it. Often a woman, um, and I've heard this story so many times, women will squirt with a boyfriend or a lover or partner. Um, and they will be shamed for that. So the, the guy, I remember one of my friends said she was having sex wow. with a guy up against a car. <laughs> she was like 17. And she said all of a sudden, all this stuff, all this just liquid was pouring out of her. Like not just vagina. I kissed all over him, as a 17-year-old would say. And the boy that she was fucking was like, you just wet pissed all over me. And so in that moment, she closed up. Like she was like, I can't do that again. I can't let myself... I don't even know what that was, but like, I can't do it. I can't believe I just let myself wee on him. So often it's from a partner shame. If a woman has done it before and then has shut it down, it's like, can you, and see if you can do a meditative journey and trust yourself, you know, we're our own best healer, our own best sexuality coach. I mean, I can do this. I can help you with this for sure. But you can release that kind of experience from your psyche and from your yoni's memory. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to look at if there has been any experiences where you've been shamed for that. Um, there, even in the Yoni Pleasure Palace Facebook group, I have read one or two women say that their partners don't like it. 
if that's the case, like, boy, bye. <laughs> I was about to say, like, don't, would you like to upgrade that? <laughs> Can yeah. I get fries with that? So, <laughs> I have to suck on your cock and, and swallow your semen, but you don't like me squirting on you. It's like, seriously. So just, I think there is deeper conversations um, needed to be had in that relationship. If your partner doesn't like it or doesn't like the smell or whatever, like talk to see if you can talk to that partner about it and find out why they have so much ickiness. Oh, around and it. there's so much that you can do about it. There's so many conversations you can have. If it does smell, there's things you can do in your own health to help improve that. Like, yeah, there's pineapple, water, fruits, hydration, vitamin C. Like you, like there's so much. Oh my god! Like coconut water. Drink a liter of coconut water every day. Yum. By the yeah. way, it's delicious. So we could really keep talking, but let's, okay. let, let's let's wrap it up with toys okay. and then, um and let everyone go and practice their own little self. So <laughs> homework. This is the sacred squatter. This is the handle here so a lot of people think that this goes inside it doesn't this is purely the handle now it's got a big ridge down the middle and it's kind of like a tongue it's got lots of bumps and ridges on the back and it's like, like, an like an octopus like a big tentacle and it goes inside and you know for me it usually only goes a few inches inside um, to stimulate the g-spot you don't need to put it all the way in although you absolutely can and i find i even massage the anterior wall, the post, I turn it around and massage the posterior wall, the sides, you know, it's for some women, they love it. Like they, and they squirt from it and it's just beautiful. Um, other women find it's too intense with the bumps. So if you've never used anything like this, I probably wouldn't start with this. Um, I would in fact start with the cervix serpent 2.0. So this is the new and improved version. And the reason why I'd start with this is because it's a bit skinnier. I know it's very long and intimidating for some women, but you want it to be long so you can actually use one end like a handle. It actually handle. helps because I have both of those. <laughs> and glass is great because it's, it's lightweight. Mm. It's easy to clean. It's hygienic. It's body safe. With any ridges, like even with the sacred squirter, make sure you're washing it with a toothbrush. If you have a, like a, a sex toy toothbrush. I have one of those. Yeah, you need to wash it. <laughs> just in case any like vaginal discharge gets stuck in there. Um, now I would use either end actually, if you want the bulbous tip um, here, that feels really beautiful. It's like you're massaging it with an egg shaped bulbous end that can stimulate the G spot. And then when you pull it out, generally that's when you squirt. Um, if you're wanting something a little bit more finer, I would go with the um, kind of- The ridged end. Textured end, yeah. Mm. Cause that'll stimulate the G spot, which feels really beautiful as well. Great. So these are two really easy, I guess, to use tools, but you need to, for everyone listening, as someone who's used both of these myself, so I'm a customer, <laughs> is that you need to connect with yourself before you just jump into using toys. I feel that a lot of people, and you've got to go back and listen to episode 76, but a lot of women might just buy a vibrator because, oh, that'll do the job. But pleasure ones are very, very different. And if you've never used a pleasure wand, episode 76 talks all about the journey from vibrators to pleasure ones and the benefit of either or either either mm. and what they can do for you. But don't just think that you're just going to pull out the sacred squirter and like, I'm just going to use this and that this is going to happen. You need to allow yourself time. Like Rosie said, block out two hours, block out an hour. Even if you've only got 30 minutes, like lock the kids outside playing or something and you know, <laughs> put yourself in. yeah so um you can't rush brilliance no 
And I would, I know it's pretty confronting, but I would actually start with the mirror, using the mirror so that you can see what you're touching, what you're massaging, what you're pleasuring. You can see the squirt coming out, where it's coming out from. You know, knowledge is power, knowing your body, knowing how it works. Um, so if, that, if you feel comfortable with that, it's, I definitely recommend mirror work with your orgasm. And yeah, start, like you said, start with yourself first and then incorporate in a sex toy, then incorporate in your partner. Oh, it's, yeah, it's so, and you know what? Can I just say, like, I don't squirt every time. My partner does. It's everyone's different. So it's, you know, I, for me, it's every five or 10 times I'll squirt. I love that. Thank you. That's a really good. Seeing alive, you know, like it's, yeah, it's not every time. So don't, I think the biggest thing is don't fixate on needing to have that squirting orgasm. It comes when you least expect it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Rosie, thank you so much for joining us. I was going to ask, what are the guiding, like three best tips that you would give, but we've already given them. So you don't, we don't need to go through that. So if you're like, oh, where do I start? Go back and listen to it again. Um, go back and listen to episode 76. And if you're looking for the tools that Rosie shared, there's going to be, there are links in the show notes to this episode. So head over to wellsome.com forward slash podcast, or just type Rosie Rees in the search bar of the website. And Rosie's been on the show a number of times. So you can just jump on and you'll find all of the show episodes there and links to those along with discount codes. So Rosie, thank you so much for joining us again for this beautiful episode as we've talked all about squirting and G-spot orgasms. So amazing. Thanks, Gemma. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode Share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 